Beyond and hello everyone. My name is Jonathan Dornbush and this is Podcast Beyond episode 698 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show where we cover all the biggest news and releases in the world of PlayStation. I'm joined this week by Mark Medina. It's tradition that when you have to restart a recording, somebody has to point it out, right? <laughs> oh, of course. I'm yeah. pointing it out. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the audience can't know that, uh, or no, they must know that this is the second time we're taking this. Of course, they, no, they need to know yeah. that we've already done all this. We've already said all these jokes. Now, this, <laughs> this enthusiasm right here, it's all a show. It's, it's, it's all a, put on. It's, it's almost active. like a loop of Returnal. <gasps> oh my gosh, it's so on brand. We did uh, it. Dornbush, thank you for inviting me on, on this podcast, Podcast Beyond. It's been a while and I'm happy to see you. Happy to have you back, Mark. Uh, also joined this week by Mitchell Saltzman. Mitchell, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dornbush. This is the first time that I've been on a, podca a podcast with Mark Medina, a man that I've, <laughs> no. I've done you know, hours and hours of carpool rides with. We basically have had our own podcast in the car rides to and from IGN. So this is an exciting day for me. It, it, I, yeah, I didn't realize that until you pointed that out, that you're like, yo, we're going to be on Beyond together. And I was like, oh, cool. And you're like... It's the first time we've been on a podcast together. I'm like, that can't be right. Because we've done a lot of live streams and yeah, stuff yeah. together. But that's, yeah, I guess not a podcast. All right. That's why you guys should have been recording those commutes because everything in your life is content. That's just the Oh, the we, we thought about it. <laughs> yeah, they um, said they couldn't be done. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt being in a movie together. They said that you can't get Mark and Mitchell on a podcast together, but Dornbush made it happen. I did. I I, I guess that makes me the Quentin Tarantino of IGN. <laughs> there we go. It's a really complex road. I don't know if I want to go down. These are for the audience. These are new jokes. I gotta say, this is very. Exciting. These ones are new. This is new. better than the last one. <laughs> that I, that I gotta say, we've, we've pumped up the material. All it needed was a quick polish and a run-through. Uh, before yep. uh, we get into the, the main topic of the show, which is going to be a spoiler-free uh, sort of breakdown of our launch impressions for Returnal. Uh, Mitchell reviewed it, and we'll get to all that in just a little bit. I do want to briefly mention some news that we're going to fly through even quicker than we did last time. Uh, but the news that I'm bringing up very quickly is that uh, next week, May's PlayStation Plus games that will be available include Battlefield V, which is the one after Battlefield 1, because numbers, am I right? <laughs> I was trying laughter. to think what the that letter was... was that was before V, and I could not think of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving the energy of the show. Uh, Battlefield <laughs> V or 5, uh, Stranded Deep, those are both for PS4 and backward compatible, of course, on PS5. And then PlayStation 5 owners get Wreckfest. Uh, which sounds like I'm saying breakfast incorrectly, but breakfast about cars. Uh, in addition to that, it's worth mentioning that the PS5 has outsold the PS4 in its first fiscal year on sale uh, by, by a bit of a slim margin, but the PlayStation 5 sold 7.8 million units uh, since uh, its launch and ending in March 31st of this year, uh, which outpaces the PS4's 7.6 million, uh, so a, a difference of about 200,000. In the same period, uh, Sony had projected the PS5 would beat the PlayStation 4 uh Obviously, uh, not a specific number there, but uh, it's definitely good to see, especially at a time when it's so hard uh, to get the dang thing. Uh, before we jump into Returnal, Mitchell, I'll start with you this time to switch things off. Uh, any quick thoughts about either topic before we jump in? Uh, no, not really. Uh, you know, the, those those PlayStation Plus games don't do really anything for me, and uh, the the sales numbers are a little bit surprising considering the fact that you know it's very, it's still very hard to find a, a PlayStation Five. Um, 
And also, I think it's a little bit. This is a new fact that I didn't, you know, put into the last recording. But I think it's also a little bit surprising because, even though I would say that the PlayStation Five has a strong launch lineup, there, you know, Demon Souls is really the I think the the pinnacle of the launch lineup. The rest of the stuff is just mostly stuff that you can still kind of get that experience on a last gen console, uh, last gen console, and Returnal really marks like the first really really big playstation 5 exclusive after launch so the 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 selection of games on the playstation 5 isn't super 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 strong in terms of stuff that you can only get on the playstation 5 so it's a little bit surprising but you know that's that's uh, the world of video games there are a couple things i quickly want to point to there you mentioned the playstation 5 and mark so mark how do you feel about the topic yeah, it's nice to get a shout out from Mitchell. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's surprising figuring that they they are very hard to find. But I I'm not surprised at all by the want for them. Uh, I made a joke a while back about how if you play your PlayStation Four or you play your PlayStation Five, but you mainly play PS Four games, which most of us do, it's basically just a PS Four Pro Max, right? It's just and to me, that's kind of worth it on its own, especially now that all these games are getting upgrades. Uh, I love PS5. It sounds like most people love PS5, so it's not surprising to see it selling so well. Uh, something that was super weird is we went into a Target the other day, and on the shelf, we saw media remotes and the Pulse headset. And it's it's weird to see. I live in a less populated area than than a lot of people, but it's weird to see some of those pop up on the shelf just sitting there. Uh, seeing as I struggled super hard to get the uh, the Pulse headset. Uh, but no consoles yet. I don't know when that's ever going to happen. As far as the games go, I think it's... I, I'm going to talk about Xbox on your PlayStation podcast for a second here. It's a little <laughs> rough to see play, uh, Battlefield Five. Whoa, everybody's muted all of a sudden. So I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't hear anybody. Can you hear Anyways, us now? Oh, I can. Uh, it's, uh, it's a little rough to see... Battlefield 5 come to, you know, the PlayStation Plus right after Xbox's announcements that all of those games got 120 hertz uh, support for the Xbox Series X. I love me some 120 hertz and hopefully PlayStation 5 figures that out. For sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely, we're going to see this pop up more and more of the the advancements and sort of the the catalog that is just there. Obviously, they're not a one-to-one service, but between Game Pass and, and PlayStation Plus, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, discussion around the different services approaches and how much they're going to benefit uh, both console I, owners. I will say we've had two really, really good months. Yes. So for this one to be a little slower, that's it happens. okay. You, you Especially have... in a month where actual games are coming out. I Very think it's true. a perfect time for PS Plus to be a little slower. It's You gotta have some quieter months to have the great ones. Otherwise, yep. how can you know the difference? Um, but <laughs> but speaking of great ones, we're gonna be talking about a great game today, and that game is Returnal. Uh, as I mentioned, we're gonna keep it spoiler-free. Uh, anything sort of in trailers or preview coverage and Mitchell's review is sort of fair game, but we're not gonna spoil the end of the game or get too deep into the nitty-gritty of that stuff. We wanna let the players out there be able to experience it for themselves. Uh, Mitchell, Mark, and I have all been playing the game and can speak to it but mitchell uh, of course you reviewed it so i want to sort of uh throw to you first to just get your sort of high level uh sort of top view of what you felt about the game yeah um i like this game a lot um in terms of you know it being a housemark game it's kind of it kind of hits all those those boxes that you would expect from a housemark game the combat is phenomenal uh the the visuals are 
absolutely gorgeous in terms of like the particle effects and just the general feeling you get by blowing stuff up in this game is is amazing. And yeah, man, Housemark, they're so good at this style of game when it comes to like bullet hell, fast-paced combat with an invulnerable dash that you use to to you know dash through those bullets. Every like there's enemies that shoot uh, lines of bullets straight at you that are just slow enough for you to circle straight around them. But then also there are enemies that shoot in a kind of like a V-shape so that if you're circle strafing to avoid those other guys, you'll run into those those bullets that they're, that they're shooting in a V-shape. And then there are, you know, turrets that, that lock in on you and will fire directly at you if you don't kill them fast enough. So your brain is just going a million miles a second just like thinking okay i gotta take out this turret oh i'm being i'm getting targeted by this other thing oh there's bullets all over the place i gotta dash through these it's it's just chaotic in the best kind of way so yeah i can't say enough good things about the actual combat of of eternal my big problem my only real big problem with this game is that the runs last way too long for the end if, if they just lasted long, it would be fine if they had a way to, to quick save or, you know, if they had a room that you could save your progress at. But they don't. Uh, runs in, in Returnal, I think, can take, on average, about two hours or so. Um, and that's, like, if you know what you're doing. If you're kind of taking your time and just, you know, exploring every room and you're not super confident yet, it's going to take even longer. Um and the big the the big problem with that is that there's no way, like if if you were to do anything on your PlayStation Five, anything else other than play Returnal, you would close out of the game and you would lose your progress. If you put it, mm -hmm. if you turn the game off, if you turn the PS Five off, you lose your progress. If you try to play another game, you lose your progress. If your console updates its firmware, you lose your progress. Um, and that's a huge problem in a game where you get so invested in a single run, and once you lose that run, you have to start all the way over for, over from the beginning. So it's just it's like the one Achilles heel of this game that prevents me from just you know singing its praises from the highest mountain. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of my high level thought on on Returnal as a whole. Yeah, it's um it's definitely I think the first game that's really crystallized the. Oh man, I really wish there was a quick resume feature on a, the PS5, you know, not to get too deep into Xbox versus PlayStation comparisons, but it's one of those things where I, I'm, I'm very much with you there. I love the game so far. Uh, I have not beaten it yet, um, but it's it's a thing that I, I can't stop playing, but sometimes that's because I, I can't stop playing it. And, and mm -hmm. you know, if I, if I have a multiplayer session I want to do with friends or uh, I wanted to, you know, try out another game in between, if I'm in the middle of a run, Returnal sort of dominates my playstation 5 until i die and it's that it's a it's a frustrating push and pull of like well i don't want to lose this run because this could be the run where i make all the progress um but it's an unfortunate sort of uh balance that you have to strike that that shouldn't necessarily be like a pressure on the player um, mm -hmm. So I, I definitely mm -hmm. get where you're coming from, uh, Mark. As we we jump in, and I, I have a, a few specific questions for all of you. But how are you feeling about the game so far, especially as a big uh, House Mark fan as well? Yeah. Uh, first off, we talk about you know Mitchell's. Uh, you know he reviewed the game. I, I need everyone to know that like 
credentials wise i i know mitchell so that's why i'm here uh yeah, <laughs> yeah no i love the game a lot i'm a huge uh i'm a huge house mark fan alienation i love that game so much i love uh next machina a lot uh so really it's just echoing everything mitchell said like the game is super fun uh just so much is happening on the screen it, it, it has a little bit of those classic like house mark moments where it's like the worse you play, the harder the game gets. But also at the same time, the better you play, you do get rewarded for that. Um, but I, I can't echo enough the uh, the sentiment behind needing to be able to like save a run when you play something like uh, you know Hades or something like that. Those runs are just short enough where you, you'll find your. I, I found myself. Uh, hopefully, no bosses are listening. But I'm like, oh, I got 20 minutes before my next meeting. I'm gonna jump in and do a run of. Uh, of uh of hades returnal you can only do a run of returnal if you have the evening free because like <laughs> that's the game you're playing and uh yeah we'll talk about uh the heartbreak we all experienced yesterday when uh me and our boss destin got super far we played for hours and uh we got very far and i was like i i this was the first night that i was like i am hooked i cannot stop playing this it was like 11 o'clock, and I was like, all right, I got to go to bed. Put my PlayStation 5 in rest mode. The controller down. All right, we'll pick this up tomorrow. I wake up the next day. It's like 8 a.m. I'm like, I got like a whole hour. Let's jump back in. And uh, my PS5 turns back on like normal. Everything seems fine. I click the game. And, you know, it's supposed to just show the, like, returnal screen and then instantly jump into, uh, you know, and onto your pause screen. And it just starts booting up. And I'm like, why is this happening? And then we found out it's because there was a system update, and so it closed all the apps. And Never... so, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so that was just that was hours of progress. I, I will say, uh, and this isn't a spoiler because it's in the trailers. And uh, but like, I got the hook shot literally right before I stopped playing. If I hadn't got the hook shot, it it honestly would have felt like a waste. Yeah, because thank, thank God I was like, that. okay, <laughs> at least I can jump in with this new exciting tool. Uh, it, it, if I hadn't have got that, I I would have got some weapon upgrades that kind of moved on. But like, I would have been heartbroken. But I was still mildly heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> there it are is... going to be people. There are going to be people who who see that PlayStation logo pop up at the beginning of the game, and their heart is just going to sink because that's <laughs> yep. that's that means that it did not save your progress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's it is definitely a bummer and i i hope there is something to uh alleviate that post launch obviously i do not know what instilling a, a save system like that would be into a game like this but i i agree it is absolutely needed um and and but i do think it speaks to and and not to brush aside it as a complaint because i am 100 percent with you both it it does speak to how much we're enjoying the game like we we are mm -hmm. really uh, valuing these runs and really enjoying the loop of it uh, as well as um, the nitty-gritty of the gameplay and everything. And I want to get into that, but the, the sort of top-level thing that I wanted to first address, because it's uh, I reached out for questions on Twitter, and one of the most common refrains I saw was sort of a mixture of, I, I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's a, a roguelike made by the people who made arcade games 
is this worth $70? And a lot of those questions quantify into how long of an experience is it? And I, I do want to start off by saying like that, that value metric is obviously going to change from person to person. At the end of the day, that is a judgment call you have to make about, you know, the funds you have, the, the expendable cash that you have and what you're willing to put in, uh, you know, a $70 PS5 game in North America is more expensive in other territories as well. Um, so I, I kind of want to take the money approach out of it, but Mitchell, I did want to speak to you as I think the person who has had the most experience with it. Um, sort of the the fears that this might be too short of an experience or kind of be something you can wrap up really quick. There is a lot here. Uh, can oh, you speak yeah. a little bit about how much time you've spent with the game and slash, you know, how much of it you feel like you've seen? Yeah. So as you said, your your mileage of the, uh, out of this game is really going to depend on how good you are at it. Um, my my first win in this game, so to speak, my my first moment where I hit credits happened at about 18 hours in. Um, and just, you know, to, to put a point of comparison and to, you know, factually prove that I am better at video games than Destin Legary, uh, <laughs> Destin texted me saying that it took him about 34 hours before he got his, his first, uh, act two victory. Um, so it's, it's gonna vary wildly, but, uh, unless you are really, really, really good at this style of game, I think you can expect to spend at least 15 hours or so. Um, and the, the interesting thing about the way Returnal is structured is that there's not a lot of permanent progression. So there's not, if this isn't the kind of thing where the more you play, the better your character gets and the easier your runs become. There is a little bit of that, but not to like the same extent of a game like Hades or, you know, even Dead Cells. Um, this is a game that you theoretically could beat it within the first, like, you know, four or five attempts. Um, but you really don't want to do that because dying is part of the game. And it's also part of the story. Um, every time you die, you kind of are able to get a new section of the map. Like basically there are, there are a bunch of pre-constructed rooms that then get added into like what constitutes the map. And in some of those rooms, there are audio logs that you can find that kind of fill out the rest of the story. So you don't actually really want to just plow through this game and then never come back to it because you're going mi to be missing a ton of story. Um, so yeah, so... And then after, after you hit credits, there's another thing beyond that that you're going to have to work towards. So after I hit credits at about 18 hours, I, I think my current hour count is at about... 42 or so maybe a little bit more and i'm still trying to i i basically just hit that the end of the the post game base basically or as, okay. as far as i know i've hit the end of the post game as i know it um <laughs> yeah. so there there could still potentially be more after what i've hit but there is a lot to this game if you if you decide that you want to really invest in it yeah uh mark if you yeah. want to speak to how much you've played just to give yeah. Um. Oh, I don't know how much I've played. I've I've definitely uh I've definitely sank in probably fifteen or twenty hours. I've not beaten it. Uh, like I said, one of my longest nights was ended up being a run. I ended up losing. I'm also, and I, I will say this. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big PlayStation gamer and stuff. But like, I recently started playing a lot of like <laughs> Call of Duty and stuff, and I played on PC. So then I got spoiled on mouse and keyboard controls <laughs> so like i'm definitely not as good at this game as i i feel like i could be if i were playing on a mouse and keyboard but anyways uh to speak to the value of the game 
it's such a weird argument to call this an arcade game. Like, is it worth it? I, I don't ever see people bring up that argument when it comes to like Mortal Kombat and stuff like that. Like, those are, I feel like even. I don't want to say less content because it, it content can be relative, but it's like, those are arcade games as well. You know, the story can be however long, eight hours, and then you're just fighting. I don't understand that argument that this is an arcade game. So it makes it not worth it. That's super weird to me, but also, re yeah, Returnal is going to be a lot different than uh, your normal Sony game. Uh, when we put up the first X minutes of Returnal, uh, a, a lot of the comments I saw is people saying like, oh man, like this looks atmospheric. Why are you just running through everything? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, get your hands on the game. You'll see that it's, you know, it's not your over the shoulder Sony type game. Uh, but I, I think the game is super fun. I think the story is super interesting. And uh, there are things people don't know about the game that we're not going to talk about that I think provide even more value than what you've seen uh, in any of the marketing material so far, for sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, yeah, I I agree with you both completely, and I mostly brought it up because it's, it's this discussion point that I've seen all the time. And I, Mark, I think you put it pretty well of like, the notion just doesn't really hold water with me. Again, people who are making value judgments of how much money they can spend, I get that you want sort of a sense of how many hours are you going to get out of, you know, X dollars uh, being put in but in terms of like quality of game and the content that you're playing and and what's here and how much there is there there's so much to dig into here and i think people are going to be really surprised at the the depth and the layers of it all here um so to start jumping into the nitty-gritty of the the main question which of course comes from our uh wonderful co-worker mike win what is returnal um <laughs> I did want to uh, start off talking a little bit about the the roguelike elements of this. Obviously, House Mark, you know, has done arcadey stuff where it is very much you're going through runs and, and there's a bit mm -hmm. of that nature to it. But there there is a, a balance of some persistent stuff and uh, things that change from run to run, the randomization of the, the levels as you go through. Uh, Isaac wrote in and said... I know that this game is primarily a roguelike, but how welcoming is it to people who have never played one? I typically don't go for roguelikes, but I'm loving everything that I've seen in the trailers. I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm sort of, uh, I'm curious to hear from both of you. I'm someone who doesn't have a ton of experience. I, I love Hades. It's it's one of my favorite games uh, of the last few years. But other than that, I don't play too many roguelikes, but this one, this one is really connecting with me. Um, I, 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 will say, I will say that Returnal it's different in the sense of like, yeah, 100%, you can play for an hour and feel like you didn't progress at all because there actually isn't a lot of stuff that carries over run to run. There there are some permanent upgrades that you'll get. Uh, a lot of those are really story elements, though. They're not just like, you know. Um, there are some things that I'm discovering the more you play, you'll learn about like weapon upgrades. Weapon upgrades are permanent upgrades. Uh, that stick around. So at first I was kind of feeling this, this, um, this, that same kind of feeling where it's like, oh, if I didn't uh, get super far and unlock story elements that are permanent, I did this all for nothing. And then I'm starting to discover that that's actually not true. Uh, discovering artifacts means artifacts will then show up in later runs, discovering weapon upgrades and using, like, you'll see that the weapons have certain traits and you'll see a percentage by it. Uh, using that weapon makes it where once you get it to 100%, Mitchell, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, it, it once you get it to 100%, that weapon trait will then show up in future weapons. So I'm finding that even though I'm starting the game right now, 
like if I start a run brand new, the the experience is a lot different than it would have been starting from a fresh file. And, and same with enemies too. You'll see different enemy types showing up because they're enemies you've discovered later in the game. Um, but yeah, as far as like roguelike, where it's like every single run had an impactful meaning, the game's just going to keep getting easier and easier, even if you fail. That that's actually not a hundred percent true with Returnal. You're not gaining something on every run unless you play for those hours and get super far. Yeah, Mitchell, um, Mark Mark hit the nail on the head. Uh, that is how the the weapon trait system works, and that is kind of the major form of permanent progression. <laughs> it, it kind of plays into the the risk reward aspect of the game too, because you can have a really good weapon that you're you know you're comfortable with, you're having you know great success with. And then maybe you'll find another weapon that has a really good trait that you're really interested in, but may not be you know as strong as the weapon you currently have. So you have to make that value call of, do I want to keep using this weapon that is serving me well, or do I want to make future runs easier, potentially easier by unlocking this trait and improving this other weapon uh, you know, for future runs? So... Yeah, in terms of like, is this like an inviting roguelike or a good roguelike for people new to the genre? It's it's a bit hard to say. I think Returnal does a really good job of onboarding the player. Um, it, it does a really good job of teaching what you need to know. There's a great tutorial section also that you, that is not overwhelming. It has like maybe 10, 11 different things that you, you have to learn about. And that kind of teaches you what you need to know in terms of how to play the game and then everything else you kind of learn on the fly um but it does not have that aspect of it where you know you can you know have a farming run so to speak and then mm -hmm. go back and increase all your stats so that your next runs are easier uh this is a brutal game it is uncompromising it's unforgiving uh but it's also incredibly rewarding when you're able to to figure it out um so yeah yeah, it's, to, it's a hard question to answer in terms of is this like a welcoming roguelike for people who aren't really familiar with the genre? Yeah, it to, does have one of those classic startup screens where like, hey, this game is meant to be hard. And it warns you. It, <laughs> it does. And, and, and I had a few people ask like on Twitter and stuff like that, like, can I play it on easy mode? Nope. Like the game has one mode. that's not like Next Machina and stuff where you can just be like, I want to play on like, I just want to experience the story. It... it it is one of those games where I'm like, I do think I'm going to eventually beat it, but I fully expect if there's secrets and stuff like that, secret endings, I have no idea. I'll probably have to end up YouTubing and we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it is. The game is hard. It is, it is a hard one. We do have a question sort of on that that I'll jump to in a second. But yeah, to, to give a balance of uh, some of the stuff you both were, were I think, uh, excellently speaking to that balance of it. Um, a, a good example for me was, I guess it was somewhat surprising, even though I think it's definitely out there, that in terms of like the currency that you use to along the way uh, gain, um, you know, weapon upgrades, or not weapon upgrades, excuse me, like um, uh, resources or artifacts or additional things that you can purchase throughout your run, that that currency goes away from run to run. That's something that you, you don't carry over. But there is another currency that is permanent, that is, is much less frequent, but is used uh, for, as, as Mark, I think, was saying, that there, once you unlock an artifact, it, it is an artifact you can get in any future runs. You use this currency to unlock some of those and things like that. So there is somewhat of a balance there. Uh, I, get, I guess to speak as probably the 
like least familiar with roguelikes uh, other than really Hades. Um, it is definitely something where it's that difficulty curve of the first few runs, I think will kind of make or break it. And I, I almost wish there was like a demo available for people because I know mm -hmm. that you don't want to necessarily say like, well, I'll try out this thing that I may not love. Um, it is definitely because of that difficulty, you're going to have a few runs that just amount to nothing. Like you're just going to have mm -hmm. some crap runs. It's going to happen. Um, but I think the the balance of just how how great their gameplay is along with a lot of the technical stuff that we'll get into. I think there's just so much there that keeps me coming back that even when I'm really pissed off because I feel like a run just meant nothing, I I want to go back because it's it's so fun to play. Like it is it it controls so well. The gunplay is great. The traversal is great, and we'll get into all that stuff. But um, Questmo did ask, does the difficulty hold the game back, or is the game better because it's so hard? And I, I mostly wanted to bring this up just to speak to what you both were saying of how like there are no difficulty modes. They warn you this is a tough game. Uh, it, it, and that definitely will mean it's not for everyone. Uh, it definitely is going to, I think, bounce some people off. But in terms of uh, that difficulty, Mitchell, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot like this. I think it's pretty much agreed on the IGN staff that you're one of the best gamers around. Uh, and so how did how did you feel about the difficulty, especially as someone who had to review this, obviously, you know, time crunch notwithstanding. How, how did you feel about the, the difficulty balance here? It's it's a weird kind of difficulty curve because I feel like Returnal is much harder in the beginning when you are completely naked in terms of your your loadout. You you have like a, a pistol. The weapons that you find at the the start of the game aren't much better than it. Um, but if you're able to find a a weapon that works for you and you're able to kind of you know get past that initial you know, just onslaught difficulty that the first area brings. Um, once you're able to get a couple artifacts, once you're able to get a weapon with some good traits, uh, I feel like it gets much easier as you go along and you, you're able to get things like extra lives, you're able to get extra respawns, um, you're able to find keys that unlock more better chests that get you better gear. Um, there, There is obviously a ramp up in difficulty with the enemies, but... I feel like the gear that you get is is more substantial than the ramp up of of the enemies that you encounter. So like I think you'll you'll find a lot of people that just really really struggle, 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 struggle and then they'll have that run where everything kind of comes together and they'll they'll basically get all the way through it. <laughs> um I don't think this is this is the kind of game that uh you know you're you're really going to inch get like just a little bit of progress each time um so yeah i think that that's kind of where i'm at with the difficulty as far as like does it hold the game back i personally don't think don't think so i think that the the difficulty for me was one of the the most satisfying elements of this game because like mark said uh even though it kind of punishes you if you if you do worse like they, there's an adrenaline meter that that builds up to five levels and if you get all the way to five levels without taking a hit you get five stacking buffs that are all really really good there's one that improves your melee there's one that improves the amount of currency that drops there's one that makes it easier to see enemies and if you're able to like you know hang out at adrenaline adrenaline level five for a while you feel like a badass yeah. <laughs> um and then there's also another element to it where if you have full health and you pick up uh, health restoratives, those actually get added to a to like a, a three slot thing 
And once you fill up those three slots, you inc- you improve your your maximum health. So there's all kinds of of ways that Re- Returnal rewards you from for playing really well. And it's just a really good feedback uh, loop of of just feeling awesome when you're playing really good. Um. So yeah, that's I think that's that's kind of where I stand on the difficulty of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I just two things I wanted to touch on. Uh. Yeah. So when you when you think of uh difficulty with this game and if it's off-putting you know you you kind of have to just ask yourself the dark souls question (laughs) which is uh you know dark souls does not have easy mode it's never gonna i guess so it's like it's one of those things where it's like do you like bloodborne because of the challenge or are you put off by it it's kind of the same deal the game is what it is and you have to decide if you want to just like grind and get yourself better or maybe you don't think you'll ever get better like it could not be the game for you uh i i know there are people that openly admit that you know uh dark souls and and bloodborne are seem like it should be the game for them but they're they're just too dang hard and that's okay you know they they're not for everybody um something else i wanted to point out with with returnal is something i started doing more recently is uh if a run is not going your way, and that happens with roguelikes, where you're just you're not getting the drops you want, you're not getting the guns you're used to, you know, you, with roguelikes you kind of want to try to make a build, and and builds in this game are are not like Hades, where it, Hades you you're going for a very specific thing. This game doesn't really build like that. You're just trying to get a ton of health and weapon proficiency. Uh, but if you're not, if things aren't going your way and you're just getting wrecked because because i i will say something that is one of the more difficult things about the game is yeah like mitchell said you have this like meter that you can fill up and it increases your overall health and the meter increases faster if you're picking up health when you're already at full health if you're never at full health because you're taking hits the whole time you're never increasing your full health and if 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 you're almost done with the first biome and you don't feel like you've gotten anywhere just restart the cycle. That's something I started doing recently. It's just like, this isn't going to go anywhere. You push start, you just click restart. You you don't punish yourself continuing this awful run. And then maybe <laughs> on the next run, you'll be like, whoa, everything's going my way this time. This is a, this is a better run. Um, I also want to mention uh, just kind of uh, uh, as an aside, Dornbush, I would really love for you to play Dead Cells and Rogue Legacy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just really want you to play those games. I, I played maybe like an hour of de- or like two hours of Dead Cells and just stopped because I I wasn't really fully understanding roguelikes at that point. Like it, it just wasn't sure. clicking with me. But I, I do want to go back to that. also very hard. It is, yeah. Uh, that, but that and Rogue Legacy are kind of the two that I've always been told to go back to. I, I really want to see those. Yeah. Um, Rogue Legacy is like super inviting. That game's so good. I, it's cool. I, no I one also... has to play Splunky too. I I gave it a ten. <laughs> No one, no one Never has. Heard of uh, no one at IGN has to play Splunky too. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Spelunky is another conversation. I'm just so bad at it, Mitchell. I'm really bad at Spelunky. Like, I suck at Spelunky. You got Mitchell in tears. <laughs> um. Anyway, but but yeah, just to speak to that, I think also one thing that helps with sort of the balance of uh the run risk reward stuff because that that is a really big part of it is the the risk and reward that you're going to take is one. Some pickups also come with uh, negative side effects. So even though there are some of those health pickups you all were talking about, and I did just want to mention that you can sometimes pick those up and then they have um, malignancy and there's a chance they'll actually hurt you instead. Uh, There are things called parasites that they've talked about before that come with a 
a possible benefit, but also a possible uh, deficit. And you have to decide if the the trade-off for that is worth it. And so that is also something you'll accumulate throughout your runs that can help kind of give you a sense of whether or not a run is going to go your way. Uh, And also a nice little benefit just to to talk about in terms of the loop as you progress. Um, Once you beat the boss of a biome, uh, you can, once you unlock the, the travel point to the next biome, once you find that travel point in your next run, you can just go there. You don't have to rebeat the boss each time. You can to get uh, you know extra pickups and things like that, but it's not a necessity to go from run to run. Um, but those boss fights are really, really good, uh, and I don't want to spoil them too much, but it is definitely worth mentioning. These boss fights are really cool, and I feel like they are... Uh, sort of an encapsulation of like old and new housemark of like the the really arcadey roots married to a new genre and style where it is th- there's some like bullet hell elements to them uh, and some really neat tricks though that also implement the idea that this is a third person game with some light platforming. Uh, I, d- mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil too much, but Mistral, uh, I, I know uh, if you want to mention. Um, how do you feel is, about the boss fight? Oh god, there is a specific <laughs> boss battle that, like, when I heard that you got to it, I, I had to like immediately gush about it to you because it's such a cool fight. Um, and Nick, and again, I like Dornbush was saying, I don't want to, you know, spoil it too much. But again, Housemark is just so good at at bullet hell shooters. They know they know all the tricks. They know how the player is going to play. Um, they know what makes it just challenging enough to to be able to ha- have the players see a path through the the sheer wall of bullets that you you have to deal with and yeah the those those boss fights are like just kind of the perfect encapsulation of that experience that house mark has in this genre um it's just really really good really well, they're really super good cool too because the ones i've fought they have multiple health bars so then right. every health bar is a new like they're like, okay, you're used to this. Now we're gonna do this and this, or we're gonna change this up. So very interesting and yeah. very like visually very, very good looking. And they're Absolutely. all like they're they are all like that. They all have those three phases where each one they kind of add a new element to it. Um, which is really, really cool. And it's also very scary. These these fights are intense because yeah. of the fact <laughs> that so much is riding on them. Yeah, they are they are super intense in the like the peak house mark sort of way, and I, I think a really great uh, encapsulation of what they're able to accomplish with this stuff. Uh, I do want to jump to uh, a few other things just before we run out of time, and and one of them was you know talking about how pretty those boss fights are. Uh, this is obviously house mark's first third person behind the back action game. It's their first PS5 game. It's exclusively for PS5, uh, so it, it's running at 60 frames per second. It's got uh, ray tracing in it. Um, obviously, it is a roguelike, so you're seeing familiar spaces. There's obviously a lot of familiar patterns to the environmental layouts and, and doors and uh, y- you know things like that that you, you'll see pop up again and again. But this is this is a really pretty game. I know, Mark, you were talking about mm-hmm. people were like, oh, why aren't you taking your time going through it atmospherically? But one for me, part of it is like, well, you're going to be going through this a lot. So like, don't worry about yep. looking at every blade of grass, but like these are, it's a really gorgeous world that they've created here. Yeah. Something you'll notice right at the beginning. And this is just as, you know, the cutscenes, all that stuff, the particles look super good. Uh, my favorite thing is, is just the environments and it's kind of the far off stuff. Something you'll see in the first few minutes is, uh, you know, you'll be going down a certain path and and then she'll mention like, oh, this is a wall I need to get over or something like that, but I can't. So then you have to go right instead. 
And I was like, what wall is she talking about? And then you notice that like, if you really just like look, it's this giant, like atmospheric, you just see light peeking around it. And you're just like, oh man, this is like super, super gorgeous. Um, yeah, the lighting in the game is pretty insane. The stuff your suit does when you take on certain parasites and stuff like that, it all looks really, really good. And then, yeah, just the enemy design. Um, they get very swirly and very, <laughs> you know, particly. And then, honestly, just uh, I tweeted about this the other day. Just like getting on your getting on a the teleporters. Oh, it's you just the like coolest. you just like morph mm. into the. They honestly look like the balls from the PS5 reveal. Yeah, but they just like you just like boom, and it just like <laughs> you're like what? How long did it take to make this one animation? It's wild. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned in the review is that it, it has kind of an atmosphere that I would compare favorably to games like Dead Space and Metroid Prime, which are two games that I like hold in the highest regard in terms of their ability to set an atmosphere for a game. Um, it's just the, the way it uses weather effects, the way it uses fog... Um, a lot of... So, some of the biomes are actually... They actually reuse the assets of a previous biome but you until you like play it for you know maybe three four five runs you won't even notice because the 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 vibe of those two uh those two biomes is so different um and it isn't until you start like going into rooms that you're like oh wait this is very similar to one of the rooms in in the first biome uh, it isn't until you have those moments where you start to realize that they they did reuse some of the assets. But that's not to say that like you know it's a copy paste thing. They For have sure. different enemies, different behaviors, um, different challenge rooms. Uh, there's a lot of variation between the biomes, even despite the fact that they reuse a lot of the assets. Yeah, they they make really great use out of sort of the the same building blocks to make each of those biomes feel very different and i think that's something that comes through even from biome one to two which is sort of the the familiar atropos mm -hmm. in biome one that everyone's kind of seen it's very uh alien the the film franchise not just generally alien uh and then the, <laughs> the second one which was part of the preview embargo so this isn't totally too much of a spoiler but it's more of a crimson desert it is much mm -hmm. red it's and doom. outdoors it's, it's straight up doom it's doom yeah, <laughs> yeah. they yeah. they find a way to keep all those things fresh and yeah like you said even sometimes when you kind of see through the matrix and see like oh yeah that's a thing that i've seen before the the general work that they've done to make each biome feel distinct is really great and one thing that you were speaking about mitchell oh sorry mark go ahead Oh, no, no, I, 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 I just wanted to talk about, like, Mitchell was, was saying about, we were all talking about how atmospheric it is. And I also want to mention, like, if you if you like Next Machina or any other old games, Housemark music is amazing. This game is a little different on how it approaches music, mm -hmm. uh, but I love it. Yeah. So, like, Next Machina, you're like, I'm going to listen to these songs on YouTube. Because the soundtrack's not out yet, I don't know how much that translates for Returnal, but Returnal is very like very the music ambient. is moody. Yeah, it's very uh, yeah ambient, and then it's like and then the and then the combat starts, and then the music kind of like man, it's just so perfect. And then if we're also going to talk about um, just getting in, you know, immersion, 
the dual sense. That, oh my gosh. That's where I was going next. Yeah, no. Because um, Mitchell, you were talking about the weather. And so this kind of perfectly ties together. Um, the the dual sense is one of the first things that you realize with this game. And I, I also want to go to 3D audio because I think they go hand in hand on the immersion factors. But yeah, on the dual sense side of it, um, I think this is definitely my favorite use of dual sense since Astros. And, you know, granted, we're only six months mm-hmm. into the console. Uh, I think there's still a lot of debate about will the dual sense haptics be a part of the PS5 going forward or are they more of an early phase gimmick? And, you know, that's something that only time will tell, but I think it uses it really well. It, it, one yep. of the, one of the immediate things you feel, at least it, it was on my run was, um, the, the rain on Atropos and it, it does that mm-hmm. thing that Astros did a little bit, but it's like, you feel the, the pitter patter of the rain and it, it comes well, and, and if you have a headset on with a 3d audio, especially like the pulse, when you bring up your map, it gets very quiet and yep. you just hear like the little bit of like tick, 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 tick. And like it. <laughs> It's like ASMR. Like you feel, you you feel the raindrops on your head. It's incredible because yeah. you can't tell where they're coming from. They it feels like you're wearing a helmet, and that they're just kind of like dripping on your helmet. Yeah, pl- it's amazing. One, pl- one of my you- favorite. Go ahead. Sorry. Go. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, if you can play this game with 3D audio, like play it with headset. Yep. I'm sure it'll sound great on speaker systems, but yeah, like you are definitely going to get a fantastic 3D audio experience with this one. But Mitchell, yeah, one of my favorite uh, uses of the dual sense is there's a lot of like the the currency that falls on the ground uh, that I think is called obelites. Yes. Uh, it's very ratchet and clank like, where like you you run through them and then they all kind of circle around you and then get sucked into you, and you feel every individual obelite. <laughs> that goes into your body on the controller and it's such a cool feeling and it makes me wish that i could play ratchet and clank rift apart right now because <laughs> <laughs> i know they're going to do something well. very similar yeah, <laughs> it, it's really, yeah i uh it, it was go ahead it was hilarious because i was playing with headphones on in my room because i was like the game can get kind of loud and my wife is just in the other room so i was like all right i'm gonna play with headphones on <laughs> you totally forget that your controller the every time you reload it's like like super loud it makes all these you're collecting stuff and even like going into your menus you hear all that through the speaker and i'm like i remember uh when we worked in the ign office having like I'd have like my desk mate and he's like, Hey, your, uh, your controller's talking to us. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> didn't realize it. This game does a lot of that. Yeah. It, um, it's definitely making use of, of all parts of it. And I haven't really noticed the, the speaker, uh, in the controller as much just cause I've been playing mostly with headphones, but, um, yep. yeah, it, it's <laughs> loud in, in terms of the, the 3d audio. I, I think Mark, you nailed it. Like one of my favorite uses is the transform, uh, the, or the transfer from the third person action to the like inside the helmet Pfizer feel like it does, it makes mm-hmm. a noticeable difference. And it's, it's just such a, a great little detail. Uh, one quick thing that I want to bring up also uh, by default, uh, Returnal uses a, uses a system where in order to aim down sight, you have to half do a half press on your L2 trigger. Um, and then if you want to use your alternate fire, you press it all the way down and it uses the adaptive trigger function to kind of make it so that you can, go go halfway with with you know just a little bit of force and when you like make the conscious decision that you want to use the all fire you're able to put just enough extra force to to go down uh, all the way but if for whatever you know accessibility you know concerns that's not possible for everyone to do they do have a way to switch to a different control scheme where you can just make it normal hold down the button, doesn't matter how far down it goes, uh, and you aim down sight, and then you have the R1 button be 
be the alternate fire. So just something to keep in mind. Um, it's it's a great it's a great feature, but I'm glad that they have a way to to turn it off if you don't want to deal with that. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the conversation uh, being like, this can't not be a PS5 exclusive. It can never come to PC because you have to have a dual sense. Absolutely not true. Ridiculous. You can. It just <laughs> enhances it. But at the same time, I'm not huge on the adaptive triggers. I've been very open about that on Twitter. Like when I started playing Cold War and every gun feels different and all that, I, I turned them off. Uh, I turned them back on for this game. And, and I'm liking it, but you know, finger cramps and and just just like Mitchell said accessibility DualSense isn't for everybody just know that this game is totally fine without it yeah for sure I I totally agree there it's something that uh, I was worried about going in with the adaptive trigger use because I do think at the end of the day it is it almost feels like it's there for the sake of being there and not necessarily that it enhances the gameplay I think Returnal uses it probably my favorite so far that I've seen like the the difference in in pressing down doesn't feel too drastic or, or um, uh, I, I guess it doesn't confuse me in the moment, especially for a game where you need really quick reflexes. But yeah, It definitely enhances it and makes yeah. the game more fun, for sure. But yeah, it is definitely something you can play without that and still have a great experience. Um, yep. we're, we're running a little short on time, so before we wrap up, uh, just any sort of general other thoughts uh, either of you want to throw in, Mark, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I can tell you... I think a lot of people are going to go into this game expecting something and getting something a little different. I expected it to be, I don't know, I don't want to say easier. I expected to be able to get through it a lot better than I am, uh, but everybody's skill level is different. Um, and so that surprised me. I also expected the story to be a little bit lighter than it is. The story isn't over, you know, it's not... It's not in your face. Uh, I've seen a few people tweet out saying, like, this is a great podcast game. It's absolutely true. Sometimes you're just farming and getting through that first biome to try to get as much health and stuff like that as you can. Uh, you could totally throw on some music or throw on a, a podcast. Um, but the story definitely has me uh, pulled in more than I thought it would. I thought it would be very, like, roguelike. Like, like don't get me wrong. Hades' story is good, but I wouldn't say I play Hades for the story. I would say I play it for the gameplay. I am genuinely super curious on how this game ends up shaking out. Even if I can't beat it, I will end up looking up stuff to try to figure out what is going on because astronauts in space kind of trapped in these like weird times. It's kind of terrifying. So I want to see more of it. Yeah, I was going to talk about the story too. I think a lot of people are not going to be prepared for how story heavy this game is. Um, and that's unusual for a roguelike. Ro roguelikes are very hard, or th it's a very difficult. It's a very difficult genre to tell a story with uh, with roguelikes. Uh, Hades, I think, was the first one to really do it successfully, and Returnal doesn't do it the same way that Hades Hades does, but it does it in a very similarly interesting way. That you know we we were intentionally avoiding for the for the sake of spoilers, but um, just know that. There's there's stuff going on in this game that is much more than than you would initially think from just looking at the surface. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's all I'll say about it. Absolutely, uh, and it's as someone as speaking to what Mark said, I totally echo you. It's something that I'm genuinely invested in finding out more about and and excited to see where the rest of it goes. 
Um, but that's going to pretty much wrap us up. A quick Jonathan's uh, trophy corner over here, where of course I talk about platinum trophies and such. This is a new thing I'm just doing randomly because someone asked. Uh, but Sam asked, "Is the platinum meaningful and doable?" Uh, I have not gotten the platinum, of course. Uh, Mitchell, you're the furthest ahead, so if you've gotten the platinum, feel free to chime in. Uh, generally, I like this trophy list. I think it works pretty well for a roguelike trophy list, uh, which can sometimes be pretty pu punishing. But this one feels more like see everything rather than be the best. Uh, mm. which I appreciate. Uh, that, that That's a fun trophy list to go after rather than like, oh, I may never be the best at this game, so I should just give. I, I honestly forgot about trophies. Me and Mitchell are, are on the gameplay team, so we capture yeah. a lot of our gameplay. And so off. that means we have to turn notifications off because you don't Monsters. want that showing up in the capture. Uh, oh, no, I'm, a, I'm job, a big Dornbush. I'm a big trophy hunter. I just yeah. got the platinum for the last campfire. Nice. Um I love that. I love that game. Anyways, um, but and, and I totally forgot. And then I went to my. I wanted to pull a screenshot or something like that. And I was like, I'm popping trophies. I haven't even been paying attention. <laughs> uh, so I'll have to look. I haven't even looked at the trophy list for the game yet. Uh, yeah. And uh, just really quick, the so the trophies are largely exploring every part of of the map. Uh, the the thing is, the way Returnal is structured. You know, you, you have a random chance that something you haven't seen is going to appear in the map. So there's going to be a lot of grinding over, like, certain levels over and over again. And it's, that gets very hard when you can't actually select the level you want to grind. So if you want, if you don't have everything from the third biome, you're going to have to play through those two biomes just to get to that third biome, just for a chance that you, you'll, you'll see something that you haven't seen before. So... Is it, is it an attainable trophy? Yeah, sure. It's not going to be that hard as long as you, you know play through the game. But just expect to play through the game a lot of times in order to get all those uh, those trophies. Yeah. Can I read a Slack I just got a couple minutes ago? It's from Ronnie. Yes. He's making the tips video for Returnal right now. And he Slacks me and says, trying to capture very specific things in a game with randomized loot drop is a very specific kind of frustration. <laughs> oh, poor Ronnie. <laughs> poor Ronnie. Yeah, for those at home, Sucks I to guess, be Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie, we love you. Uh, I, I guess, you know, for those at home who aren't worrying about capture, yeah, it is, uh, there is definitely going to be the randomness, though, involved. Uh, but yeah, at, at least for me as a trophy hunter, I, I am glad that it is not like beat each enemy with each type of weapon 50 times and do things like that like it is it is more exploratory and and makes me want to go back and search for those things uh but anyway that's going to pretty much wrap us up for our returnal discussion uh if you couldn't guess we all really loved it it's it's a really great game and if you have a ps5 uh you should definitely go check it out uh and if you still want more of our thoughts on it absolutely go check out mitchell's written and video review they're up on ign.com as well as uh the video version on youtube as well so you can go check those out right now uh but mark and mitchell thank you so much for joining me this week uh before we wrap up mark where can people find you on twitter uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mark underscore Medina. Uh, I have been posting a few things about Returnal, but now that the review embargo is just about up, you'll probably see a lot more of that. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me there. And uh, also don't forget to watch uh, the incredible series that, that Mark has spearheaded here, Devs React to Speedruns. Uh, yep. Is there one that you can tease that's coming up, Mark, or is it... Uh... Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm in 15 minutes. We're recording one for the original Mass Effect. Uh, comes out awesome. uh, May 8th. So that'll be super fun. Awesome. We'll look forward to that. And uh, Mitchell, where can people find you on Twitter? 
You can find me on Twitter at Jurassic Rabbit, and every now and then I stream at twitch.tv slash Jurassic Rabbit. Pretty much anything, just add slash Jurassic Rabbit to, and <laughs> there's a chance you'll find me. You'll be there. Uh, that's like my life goal, which is just to, every time you check out, just try the the code word Dorno at checkout and see if it gets you any any percentage. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you can find me at JM Dornbush on Twitter and at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dornology. Uh, but that is going to wrap us up for this week's episode of Beyond. Uh, Beyond is live every Wednesday normally, uh, unless there are fun embargoes to work around. Normally you can find us at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world. Uh, thank you both again for joining me. Thank you to Mariah and our producer for making the show happen. Uh, and thank you to everyone out there listening and watching. We hope you're safe and we hope you're well. And as always, beyond. 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 <laughs> <laughs>